It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hi, I'm Rob. Just call me Billy. That's right, we sit here at Elevate. It has been a long time. I think it's probably three years. And we did, yeah, there's a little bit of hair happening. But of course, we went through a bit of a lockdown. You haven't really had that over here. We had a a three-week lockdown, which I found it wasn't great. And working in aged care with a mask can be very challenging. Uh, particularly when you've got residents who are a little, you know, they struggle with hearing and you've got a mask on, you're talking like this. It's made aged care a little challenging and wearing a mask all day, I don't know if you've ever done that, not nice. So I, I learned very early, you don't eat garlic the night before because uh, very unpleasant. So there's some faces I remember, there's been a lot of change. Uh, there's babies, uh, some people have had heart issues. Uh, Some people have grown their hair, cut their hair, (laughs) lost their hair, coloured their hair, and then there's a whole lot of people I haven't met yet, so I am looking forward to meeting you at some stage, whether it's after the service or sometime in the future. And I just want to say, Mark, I love the fact that you are looking at feelings uh, or, you know, that this whole thing, that the feels, these uh, emotions, all the feels... And I think for a lot of us, particularly as Christ followers, we sometimes think, is it possible to be filled with the Spirit and experience those feelings? And my response is, I hope so, because I I think that's just part of being not only Christ followers, it's part of being human. And Mark, it's very courageous of you to spend a few weeks looking at these raw emotions, because there's potential, and it's good, the outcome of this teaching series is there's a bit of mess. It's brought a whole lot of things to the surface. But what I know about Mark is not only is he going to teach on this and address all these different feelings, through that, and maybe through a bit of mess, uh, he leads us to Jesus. And that's what I, I want to do this morning as we talk about fear. I've been very fortunate in life, probably like a lot of you, I've had a lot of men and women who have had uh, an influence in my life through their life experience, their expertise. So I've had people, you would call them mentors, uh, they, it can be formal or informal, it could be over a coffee or it could be a series of meetings where I've had people speak into my life in the area of pastoral care, spiritual disciplines, there are others who have influenced me in the era of nutrition and fitness, uh, either by meeting them face to face, but in most cases, uh, it's through podcasts and books, and even for some of them, and I'm dating the relationship, even their, their tape ministry. Yes, I've listened to tapes and have been influenced by men and women all over the world. But in the area of fear, one person who has had a huge impact in my life His name is Laird Hamilton. Now, some of you go, who? He's about 57 years old. He's an American big wave surfer. 
And as a fellow surfer, hello, I, I, you know, I'm drawn to people like Led who wasn't only surfing Waimea Bay and places like that, he wanted more. He wanted bigger, but the issue was never the size of the wave, it was the speed. And so traditional paddling, you know, it works for Waimea Bay, it works for Pipeline on, on some days Mavericks, but the, the waves he had in mind that were more around the 40, 60 feet mark, they're not just big, they're fast. And so he and his buddies, through just goofing around and experimenting, came up with towing surfing. They're called the Strap Crew, and they use the jet ski to... Why on earth you do that? I have no idea. I mean, why me bay? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even surf that, but let's go 60, 80 foot, and Led has been doing that for over 20 years. I assumed he was some um, adrenaline-infused, alpha male, reckless... Uh, sort of guy, and then I realised through a number of interviews when he's interviewed by people assuming you must be fearless, and he says, oh, no, I feel fear all the time. It's just I've learned to manage my fear, and I'm fearing less than I did before. And so through fitness and breath hold training and a whole lot of other scenarios, Laird has learned to manage fear. Uh, if you want to Google Led Hamilton, uh, ladies, he's quite a specimen of a man. For those who just love surfing, Google Led Hamilton and Google the Millennium Wave. And don't just look at the photo, look at the video. A time, it was August the year 2000, and he towed into a wave. It was a rogue wave in Tahiti called Chopu. And the size was ridiculous, it was fast, it was mean, it was ugly, and if he came off, he knew he would be shredded to pieces. He would be like this rag doll with limbs being torn apart, and yet he made the wave. And it's only because he learned to manage fear. He respects the ocean, he respects waves, he respects the human emotion called fear, and he's just learned to manage fear. To fear is to be human. So I know, and Mark would be the same as we're preaching to this series, we know it's relatable. It's not one of those messages where you think, oh, I think two-thirds of the church will connect. I know everyone is going to connect to this issue of fear. It's a feeling. It's something we feel. It's, it's sometimes triggered by a thought, a catastrophic, irrational at times thought. But basically, fear is something we feel. And if it is a feeling, I think we need to learn to feel it and not be intimidated by it. Let's look at two aspects of fear. Fear can save you and fear can also enslave you. Let's look at the at an example of where fear can save you. Let's imagine, and it's not very hard to imagine, it's a really hot summer's day. You're living out here and you think, oh, the air condition's broken. You think, I've got to go to Scarborough Beach. I've got to get wet. I'm just going to dive in and stay there for a couple of hours. So you, you drive over to Scarborough Beach and as you, you're walking towards you know, the, the sand, you notice and you can hear the sound of a four-metre swell and you think, 
Oh my goodness, they are, the waves are huge. There's a few guys riding them. There's a couple of broken surfboards on the shore and there are signs saying, dangerous rip, beach closed. But I'm really hot. And you feel this adrenaline as you think, look, I'm not going to go at the back because actually there is no back uh, because it's just all turmoil. But you think, look, I'm just going to go out a few metres. I'm just going to get wet. And then there's this feeling, this, oh, what is that feeling? Your heart's starting to race and there's adrenaline pumping through your system. And there's this little voice, don't be stupid. And it's fear and it's trying to save you. It's really good, and it's really good if you think, another piece of board, watch this, I think I'll go to the pool. Fear, it saved you. But the trouble is, and this is where we're going to focus, is the fear that enslaves us. The fear that is an overreactor, the fear that's just in your head all the time, and you feel it in your body, and it is extremely uncomfortable. Let me give you an example where fear has enslaved me for years and years. It started about the age of about seven or eight. I'm in primary school, or maybe it's infants, I can't remember, but it, I was young. And it was the first experience of having to read in front of the other children. And so the teacher said, we're going to read this uh, book. We're all going to read a paragraph. Oh, boom, 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 boom sweaty, dry mouth, and I'm sitting at the back. Because of uh, fear and shame at such a young age, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and so it's like I've got time because I'm at the back and everyone's reading from my perspective. They're reading so fluently. They're, they're wonderful, and it, come, it comes to my turn, and because of fear, I start reading really quickly, and then I miss a line or I repeat a line, and then I come up to a word I've never seen before, and I'm trying to pronounce it, and I'm just I'm stuttering, and, and I can hear this... <laughs> All these people laughing. From my perspective, it's like Rob Mason has been exposed. I'm, I'm dumb, I'm useless, I'm incompetent, I hope this never happens again. Well, we're in school. And so it happened again and again. And then I became smart. Okay, children, we're going to read. I, I count the children and then I realise I'm number 25, so I go to the 25th paragraph, I rehearse, I rehearse. Okay, okay I'm not going to get caught this time. And then some girl... Because girls are often better readers. She reads two paragraphs. No! And then I've got to read this paragraph I've never rehearsed before. And I stutter and I stumble. And again, it's enslaved me. And all of a sudden there's this thought. You're hopeless. You're useless. And any time I have to speak in public, I have a memory of danger. A memory of being exposed as incompetent. And that became a feeling. It didn't save me. It enslaved me. What have you been putting off in life because of fear? Is there an area where you don't feel completely free because of fear? Well, that's okay. Because this message is going to give us all a pathway. So this is where we start. We, first of all, we need to lean into fear. We don't ignore it. We don't deny it. Uh, we don't try to you know, avoid it, whatever it is. We first of all learn to lean into it. So for you, what would be your number one fear? 
That thing that from time to time comes up, the, the, the four not-so-awesome foursome would be death, probably number one fear. Secondly, public speaking. You know, when I discovered that in my 20s, oh, it's okay, I'm, I'm not alone. Uh, number three, failure, the fear of failure, the, the humiliation that goes with it, the, the sense of, oh, no, what are people going to think of me? I've lost credibility, whatever it is. And then the fear of the unknown, um, about this time two years ago, we, if you're listening to the news, you heard about this virus, but it was in China, China, and, uh, and you know, we've heard about vi- viruses in China and um, in other parts of the world, but not Australia, and so it was like, oh, that's a shame, oh, it's in Melbourne, oh, it's in Sydney, no, it's in Perth. And you realise after a while, it's everywhere. And then there's this Delta strain. And then I feel, because I, if I've got a book, and if you'd like to purchase it, you can. And, what, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But there's some details of my journey with needles. I had a bad experience as a kid, and throughout my adult life, I was terrified of needles. I'm okay now. But to have a fear of needles in the last 18 months, every time the news, why do we have to keep seeing people get needles? It's like, my goodness. And when I got mine, I'm so glad it happened this year and not a few years ago because I would have been petrified. I'd be going, no vax, no vax, only because I'm petrified of needles. So it's good to lean into fear and to know what what is the fear that it trips you up from time to time. It's a bit of a menace. And then what do you normally do with fear? fear? Do you lean into it? Do you feel it? Chances are we avoid it. Works so well for a lot of people, though ineffective. Had a bad experience flying? Don't fly. It's not a biggie. You know, if you work in the city, you don't have to fly. You can just drive. But overseas holiday, okay, Um, maybe a boat. Or I'll just go to the Gold Coast. I won't fly. I'll get. I'll drive, or I get a, a bus. Okay, you could do that. Fear of public speaking. Next time Mark asks you to do announcement, just say no. Avoid it. It's easy. <laughs> so you can just avoid things, but it doesn't really work really well for us. So where do you feel fear? Let's lean into fear. Where do you feel it? For some people, oh, it's here. It's in the gut. It's butterflies. Why do they call it butterflies? Butterflies like like that. Uh, these are more like vampires or something. It's just like, ah, it's just inside. And others, it's, the, it's always the heart. You can just feel it pounding for others. <laughs> Sweaty palms. First date. Oh, it was really embarrassing. I held her hands and she went, ah, it was disgusting. Dry mouth. I mean, we respond differently. But next time a situation comes and you feel that uncomfortable feeling, Lean into it. Oh, oh, that's fear. Hello. <laughs> We've met, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling, and I'm feeling it here. Take about 15 seconds, lean into fear. Don't stay there, but feel it. Feelings are meant to be felt. That then leads into, okay, you felt it. Now lean into curiosity. Hmm. How has fear been serving you lately? Well, I avoid, I live with regret, I deny, I just, you know. So how has that worked for you? 
where there's been lots of opportunities for promotion, there have been opportunities to speak, there have been situations where I should have gone to the doctor, but I didn't, and yeah, it's made life really miserable, and at times I feel shame because of fear. I said, oh, it's okay, so lean into fear, lean into curiosity. So I wonder what's on the other side of fear. So for me, when I was about 15, the local church Christ pastor said, Rob, in a few weeks I'm preaching. I'd like you and another young person to do one point each, and I'll finish with a third point. Very good church Christ preaching, three points. So Steve did point number one, which was faith. I did point number two, hope. And Mr. Don Norling did point number three, love. Age of 15, I'm still terrified I could feel it. I could feel when he asked me, everything in me wanted to say no, but yes came out. <laughs> and so I started practicing and Mr. Norling sat with myself and Steve and taught us how to prepare and deliver and I practiced with my dad who's a preacher and, and it was just amazing of leaning into fear and just, well, I wonder what would happen if I do speak and if I stutter, I stutter. But I, I felt really strong. I discovered on the other side of fear was a calling to be a preacher. Even though it was such a, a vulnerable area of my life where I've had all sorts of trauma and shame and everything like that, it ended up on the other side of fear wasn't humiliation, wasn't feeling like I'm such an idiot. It was on the other side it was a calling to be a preacher. And I spent the last... 35 plus years of my life, preaching and teaching, leading seminars, funerals, weddings, and all sorts of things. Now, if you were to ask Rob, so coming here, did you feel fear? Yeah, I felt a bit of fear, but I didn't ring Mark up and say, oh, I can't do it. I, I feel it. Oh, I wonder what the Lord's going to do this morning. I wonder what's on the other side. Not only was I really bad at school in the era of um, speaking, I was really bad at writing and comprehension and all those sort of areas. And as I went through about 10 years of dealing with anxiety and everything like that, and, you know, I'm now confident at preaching, I had this sense of, I think I want to write a book. And that started off, wow, I'm going to write a book. Who am I to write a book? I followed the HSC in English. Uh, I'm any t- oh, serious. I any time I, I wrote letters to, to my wife Karen, you know, I said, oh, it's nice. Uh, she got out the red pen and went uh, the bad grammar. And is this, I, I know I'm not a good writer, but I just started persevering, and I discovered on the other side of fear of what will people think and whatever make a fool of myself. On the other side of fear was a book. See, sometimes on the other side of fear. It's, it's opportunities, it's new challenges, it's a new friendship. You might have a, a, a friendship and, and you realise, I think I've got to have a really awkward, difficult conversation. Oh, I want to avoid it. No. But you discover on the other side of fear is reconciliation and forgiveness. But let's be real. Sometimes on the other side of our fear can actually be something that is also uncomfortable. So you might be noticing just, you know, looking at your arm, thinking, ooh, I've got this mole. I think it's changed colour 
and shape. And yet you've seen those you know, shows on TV where someone had a mole and they end up having a melanoma and you know, this huge scar and everything else. And you just think, oh, but what if on the other side of fear is it's cancer? It's like, well, you've got a choice. Deny it. Avoid that meeting with the doctor, that appointment, or possibly live with regret where you finally have to see uh, the doctor because it, it's about, you know, a 20 cent piece and, and it's, it's, it's oozing and whatever else, and that you hear the words of the doctor, if only you came six months ago. We can work on it. It is a melanoma, but because you've left it late. See, on the other side of fear, there could be some really difficult times. But there are times in life, let's deal with it now because on the other side, you don't want to, and I've lived with regret. Live with the consequences of seeing a dentist a year later. So rather than having a feeling, it's root canal. You think, why, why? But let me say this, and this is very important. Whatever the outcome, difficult, challenging, painful, breakthroughs, the miraculous, on the other side of fear is Jesus. He's on this side with you. You're leaning into fear. You're feeling the fear. You're leaning into curiosity. He's there with you, but he's also there on the other side. And he's whispering in your ear, do it afraid. Make that appointment afraid. Write that book afraid. Speak in front of people afraid. Go for that promotion, afraid. Have that difficult, challenging conversation, afraid, because whatever the outcome, on the other side, Jesus is with us. Lean into f- to fear, 15 seconds. Feel it. Where do you feel it? Lean into curiosity, maybe a minute. How has fear been serving me? What could be on the other side of fear? And that now leads us into lean into Jesus. We read before Jesus was crucified, he spent time with the disciples in the upper room, they had the meal, and then he goes to a garden, not like King's Park or anything like that, it's a garden of olive trees, and it becomes a place of incredible turmoil for Jesus. He's been in that garden before, probably walked around and seen the olives and people harvesting the olives. He's at times dipped bread in olive oil and just, mm, very good. At times he's turned water into wine, might as well have some wine with it. No. But we notice that Jesus feels the fear. He doesn't just feel it, he expresses to his disciples, this is what I'm feeling. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, my soul is anguished with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here with me. Some commentators, some scholars, biblical scholars, theologians, especially those who are a bit more Western, struggle with this. It's like, oh, Jesus sounds, he's coming across too human. He was human. He was fully human and fully divine. And here we see, and we can almost feel the anguish, the fear, the sorrow. Jesus knows what's ahead, 
And then he doesn't just lean into fear, feeling it, expressing it to his disciples. He leans into curiosity. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not my will, your be done. He leans into curiosity. Father, I'm just checking. Is there there another way? But it's not my will. Your will be done. I'm going to the cross and I'm going through the cross and I understand on the other side of this suffering, this torment, abandonment, rejection, physical, emotional, spiritual pain that is beyond human comprehension, I understand on the other side of the cross, on the other side of fear, is a resurrection. Not only is it the resurrection, it is the redemption of humanity. Jesus feels it, he's curious about it, and he goes through it. We lean into Jesus. Jesus, what are you doing in my life as I go through this fear? As I'm feeling it, I'm curious about it. What are you saying? What are you doing? Let me close with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, leaning into Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Let me just say it again. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He exposed shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sitting at the right hand of the throne of God was on the other side of fear, was on the other side of the cross. Jesus knows what it is to feel fear. He has managed fear for about 33 years as a human. When we feel fear and we pray to Jesus, he is saying, I know how you feel. I have felt fear before. So we have this pioneer, not just a pioneer in faith going before us. We have a, a pioneer in fear who's gone before us in fear and it's saying on the other side of fear, I am there. This isn't, now, Led Hamilton won't take us this far. He'll help us in the era of human performance. He'll say, feel the fear. He'll say, you know, lean into curiosity and and then surf that wave, catch that wave, make that jump, whatever it is. But he can't say this. It's not about human performance. It's not about human greatness. It's not about the evolution of humanity It is lean into Jesus. Feel the fear. 15 seconds. Lean into curiosity. 15, 30 seconds. Lean into Jesus. Stay there. Stay. Let's pray. 
Father God, I want to thank you for this community of faith. I thank you for people who may be here because they're actually curious, not just about fear, they're curious about Jesus. I thank you for this church that deals with life issues and skillfully shows how your word speaks into these raw emotions, including fear. Thank you that it's not just about human performance and being overcomers. Thank you that you want us to feel it, to be curious about it, but then more importantly, to lean into you. Could it be, Jesus, that on the other side of fear is radical transformation, breakthroughs, and whatever it is, we know you, Jesus, are on the other side of fear. We thank you that you and your love cast out all fear. Today we declare fear will no longer rule and ruin our life. Jesus, we invite you once again to rule and to reign in our life, that whatever comes our way, if led by your Spirit, we will do it and do it afraid. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.